up, East High? Hello, East High. We're back with more content. Ugh. What, what, what else could we be? More enjoyable, fr- friendly... <laughs> Your friendly listen- neighborhood content. No, like... An auditory experience, perhaps? I was thinking auditory companion, like... Just hanging out with you for a little bit of yeah, time. Yeah, we're just your we're just your pals, you know, like that 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 meme that people like to send me every once in a while with uh, the person eating ice cream next to the poster of people eating ice cream, <laughs> and they say what it's like to listen to podcasts, and I go ha 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 every time, and it's not funny anymore. Well, anyway, what podcast is this? <laughs> this is Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical one minute at a time. We are the amateur nerds. I'm Condra. And I'm Tyler, and we're joined again by our guest. Me, that's me. Noelani, hi y'all, how you doing? <laughs> hey, welcome back. Hi. Thank you. Honored to be welcome here back. once again. Your dreams were your ticket out. God, this is what dreams are made of. Uh, hey, we're not there yet. Is that, that this movie? No, that's no, the that's Lizzie <laughs> McGuire movie. <laughs> oh, shoot. I couldn't remember if I knew it was a spoiler or not. <laughs> no. Different film. I have plenty All of right. feelings about that film, too, whenever you oh. want to cover right, that quick, one. Quick Lizzie McGuire movie minute, and then we'll jump into this minute. <laughs> um, they're in eighth grade, and they take a trip to Italy. <laughs> How old is Paolo supposed to be? Because that, hmm. It, it's very borderline. <laughs> I had a big old crush on Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> and Hilary Duff, by, by extension. She's still so movie. delightful. Why Why is, is Gordo in the movie, but not the female friend? So Miranda is reportedly on a trip to visit her family in Mexico. She didn't want to miss the trip, but her family made her go see her extended family in Mexico. I think there is an issue with like either a contract or a conflict of uh, when it was being filmed to get the actress. Oh, yeah. Everyone needed that hot actress, the, <laughs> the friend from the Lizzie McGuire show. I think show. she was in another Disney show, though. Not 100%, but... And is and it was like, like her mom and dad and brother are like big characters in the show, but they're not in the movie? No, they are. They go to Italy. <laughs> and doesn't like the little brother like cover for her at No, one point? he's trying to sabotage. Oh, no. Doesn't the little brother have a, a an evil lady friend... What? <laughs> or am I thinking of the TV show? I think that's Isn't the TV like show. A- no, he's got a video camera that he's going around trying to like catch Lizzie doing something embarrassing mm. or just catch her in general so she'll get in trouble. He- he's a regular Candace. He is. <laughs> Speaking of Candace, High School Musical. <laughs> Ashley Tisdale. What a what a gal. Indeed. So we don't unfortunately get hi- uh, Ashley Tisdale or Sharpay in this minute, but we do get some more Chad lots of words. I love Chad. <laughs> I I love Corbin Blue. First of all, his name is Corbin Blue, which I did confuse with the word Cordon Blue uh, for a very long time. And I was I like, feel like that's a common thing. <laughs> I mean, it's probably just, less uh, common when you're eight. Teased. <laughs> well, I mean, how many kids do you know who know what Chicken Cordon Blue is? <laughs> It'd be like, ha ha, this guy's Corbin name Blue is, is definitely Blue. A, an early version of a meme. <laughs> yeah, great guy, though. Wearing a really weird outfit. They, they both have pretty nice outfits here. I didn't see what his t-shirt said, though. Does his t-shirt say something? Because this would then be another instance of 
whatever Corbin Blue said is like funny phrase. So Corbin Blue had input on what his t-shirt said. So he mm. would like come up with stuff and they'd put it on the t-shirts for him. So if he is wearing some, like if his t-shirt does say something, then it's a Corbin Blueism. I think the top word said worship, but I couldn't read the bottom word and I didn't have, I I forgot to look at it closely. Like I had paused it once and I was like, hmm, wonder what his t-shirt says. I'll pause it again if we get another close up. <laughs> and then I didn't. I was more distracted by his necklace that's, like, too long to be a choker, but too short to be, like, a pendant. Worship W's. Oh, like, like wins? Like wins. Take Mm. this L, for it is my (laughs) body. It's a little one for all you Catholic listeners out there. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we have a big Catholic following, actually. I'd believe it. (laughs) Yeah. I'll let my parents listen to this. So I've written down the three phrases that Chad said that particularly get me. Uh, one is most loyal best friend. Two is hoop dude. And <laughs> third is musical singer person. <laughs> musical singer person was the one I wrote down. Hoop dude is, is definitely, yeah, that's bad. <laughs> but most loyal best friend. It's like, dude, you have not done anything so far in this movie that makes it seem like you are his most loyal best friend. Every step of the way right now, you have been one of the worst people. (laughs) Well, we've been told that they've been friends since kindergarten or something. Mm. Yeah. No, preschool. But also, like, Chad... Pre-K. Yeah. It was (laughs) pre-K. But, like, Chad was like, I've been behind on homework since pre-K or whatever. (laughs) And, like... Troy seems to be, like, just pulling him along somewhere. He's also, he seems like co-captain, which is, like, definitely a good bonding experience for the two of them. Mm. But I don't get it. Other than the basketball thing, like, maybe this is where they start to veer apart. Chandra, not that not that I can justify male friendships, but they're <laughs> not based on anything. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Proximity. I mean, also, I mean, this is, this is, we're not seeing Troy at his best at this time. Like, we're not seeing Troy being a particularly good or communicative friend. So I don't think we can put all the blame on Chad. Because Chad has stuck by him, even through all of Troy's bizarre behavior as of late. Is there a, is there a literary device that would, you, we could apply to the, the most loyal best friend? It's not hyperbole, it's something else where you kind of... It could be a Homeric epithet. <laughs> <laughs> Chattius Danforth, most loyal best friend. <laughs> Chattius. <laughs> uh, that'll be the title. <laughs> <laughs> so throughout Chad's exclamation towards Troy, we get this librarian who keeps shushing and angrily glaring at Chad <laughs> and Troy giving librarians everywhere a bad name because that's not what librarians do anymore. What do you mean? She's got a great name, Miss Fal- Falsaf. That's a great name. That's not what I'm referring to. <laughs> so the librarian is uh, Miss Falstaff, who is named in the movie. I'm not sure if she's actually named in the credits because her IMDb said just said librarian, so unclear. We'll find out. <laughs> Um, she is played Carbon by- Carbon Blue actually made that up. <laughs> and then they put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> she is played by Joyce Cohen, who her biggest 
role on IMDb was her appearance as a reporter in a P- Independence Day. She was also in Read It and Weep and Pixel Perfect, two DCOMs from around the same time. Mm-hmm. And she made a bunch of appearances in a TV show called Touched by an Angel, which I definitely remember like existing. I don't know what it was about. And then she's been in a ton of TV movies as well. But those were kind of the big names of things I recognized. Interesting. Well... That's something that fascinates me. Sounds like me. she had a successful career. Yeah, that yeah. fascinates me as an actor is how you end up like being the go-to like stern mom figure in like middle grade would be the literary equivalent. I don't know what the TV equivalent, but like that genre of tween? stuff. Because it tends to be a lot of the same. At, yeah, I guess teen. It's just like, wow, how do you end up in that particular acting niche? Yeah, well, it's. Um, I referenced this guy a lot and I don't remember his name, but it was this acting coach that was kind of famous who kind of preached, you know, if you figure out how other people interpret you, that's what you should stick to. Mm. That's that's what you're that's what you're good at. (laughs) Try to lean into it. Absolutely. Mine is um, witch. (laughs) My dad always told me I should work at the Haunted Mansion ride at Disney. (laughs) It's one of my favorite rides. Great ride. He's like, which That's leaves the one. you with this chilling challenge to, to find, find a way, way out. <laughs> There's always my way. <laughs> Tyler That's and I got on, working on that evil laugh. <laughs> working on the uh, that was a Doctor Horrible reference. Listen to our. If you want to listen to our Doctor Horrible uh, mini series? Uh, go back and scroll back in the podcast feed. It's there. Season two. Now that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> oh, thanks, Obi. <laughs> We're just all over the place. So, I have not seen that movie since sophomore year of high school. All right. Hold on. We have a very important part of this minute to talk about before we move on to the decom of the week. So I want to refocus us to mm. the talk about Chad's mom keeping a picture of Phantom of the Opera actor in her fridge. What's the na- actor's name? Michael, Michael Crawford? I think Michael, so. Michael Crawford, yeah. Did, did any of us know who that was? Negative. Negative. <laughs> I can try and look him up because I forgot because I was so busy looking up the act, um, librarian. Let me look. Yeah. There, there, is a, there is a pretty funny bit where Troy is like, who's Michael Crawford? And <laughs> Chad gets to be like, exactly. But also Chad knows. <laughs> Also, the thing that gets me is he is so focused on Troy being on a cereal box. Like, that's your aspiration? (laughs) (laughs) Like a Wheaties box. Yeah, no, I know what he means, but also, like, that's your aspiration. (laughs) As opposed to, like, you could make the NBA. It's, It's all about the cereal box. Yeah, no, yeah. I, the, the real the real money's in the, the promos and the, the marketing deals. Truly. Although I don't think you get paid for being on a Wheaties box. You probably just, oh, you probably do. I don't know. So he won. So he was like one of the first Phantom of the Operas on Broadway. He won the Olivier. Phantoms of the Opera. Yeah. So he won the Olivier Award for Best Actor for Phantom in 1986. And then the Tony for Best Actor for Phantom in 1988. Yeah. He was like the first Phantom, it looked like. The OG Phantom. What kind of like edgy teen is uh, Chad's mom where she really loves Phantom of the Opera. Well, I'm curious about his physique. If if he's kept in 
her fridge as some sort of weird diet technique? Is he particularly... He is not particularly handsome. Is he particularly ripped? Hard to say. He's fully clothed in all of these. So I'm just... Of Wait, all people. Is he dashing? Wait, like, so does she keep a picture of him in the fridge or does she keep him in the fridge? <laughs> a picture of him. And I wonder if it's like the whole thing with like older women with John Stamos. I thought you were going to say John <laughs> Cena. <laughs> not John What's the difference? Cena. <laughs> no, but like Tyler, you and I have both worked enough Beach Boy shows. Well, well, if you if you if you put a if you put a picture of John Cena in a fridge, you wouldn't be able to see it though. That's the thing. You don't know if there's a picture of John Cena in your fridge or not. There could be. You wouldn't know. Um, I had a picture of um, Chris Hemsworth that I as Thor that I cut out of the front of a cornflakes box, and that lived in my bathroom for a very long time, which is kind of a nice marriage of the two. I, for a long time, had a Zac Efron poster hanging up on the door of my college dorm. You did but indeed. It's, it's bought the farm now. <laughs> Big sad. Iconic. It got wrinkled. So... Just a moment of silence. Pour <laughs> one out for that poster. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chad asked the question that his um, that Coach Bolton asked, though, in that how are we supposed to be focused on a game when you're doing all these other things? And it's like Chad and Coach Bolton had a talk and like, okay, this is what we're going to say to him. <laughs> mm. Or it could be that Chad has just internalized the rhetoric of, of the coach and of the team. <laughs> To such a point that it's just automatic. maybe he should have been captain. True, Chad writes. <laughs> I mean, there's and then there's also a f- funny gag. I mean, Nolani, you know acting, but like you know the <laughs> the 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 physicality of like what they're doing in the scene mm-hmm. reflects the message of what they're talking about mm-hmm. because Chad is like you know holding a basketball, spinning a basketball, <laughs> much like Seth from Ned's Declassified, as we've talked ah, about, yes. <laughs> and. Troy, he's not trying to do singing, but he's trying to do homework. He's, you know, trying to find a book in the library and then sitting down and opening his folder. I did want to comment that him finding the book in the library was a very quick process. He knew exactly where it was. He didn't have to look up a call number or anything. So he's definitely gotten this book before. It looks like a textbook, too. Maybe he had looked it up in advance. <laughs> and maybe that's why I missed, like we there was obviously like a cut, cut in time here and we're catching it mid conversation but like Miss Falstaff is so close that maybe she helped him like get to the location and then Chad like started going at him because she walked away. What I'm pointing out is he, when he finds the shelf that it is on, he finds it right away. He doesn't have to go like there. Okay. Like, mo- like most of the time when you find a shelf, you got to go there. Oh, you're very, okay. you're very right. Another acting physicality thing in that scene is the way that Chad is is quite literally like the angel and or the devil on his shoulder. Mm. Um, <laughs> the way most of it's framed is that he's kind of behind him leaning over his shoulders. So that's a, a fun little, uh, I don't know what the noun I'm looking for is. It's Blocking. fun. It's fun. <laughs> So Chad kind of gets to the end of his bit and he's like, do you want to be on a Wheaties box or in the fridge? And then he like specifically says in it. And then Troy's like, hold up. Why does your mom have this picture still? I'm still confused about this. (laughs) Troy got stuck (laughs) on this one part and cannot move on. (laughs) 
I thought that was a good bit of writing. Yeah. He's on, he, Zach Efron does a very good job of acting in not only this entire film, but like in that scene, he just kind of nails this like balefully befuddled teenage boy thing. That's just so endearing. Like, I'm like, oh, Troy, I just want you to succeed, bud. Chad also says, I don't attempt to understand the female mind. <laughs> good. Which I didn't want to pass over. Don't. And he gets a nice laser look from Ms. Falstaff for that. So I love whatever's implied about like him and Ms. Falstaff's relationship. Like he's clearly a known entity to her. Like because she shushes shushes him, he chirps her. Like there's clearly some dynamic there, and I respect that. He chirps her by saying, "It's not me, it's Troy." <laughs> Try to tell him, Ms. Falstaff. And then Nolani, this is just a, a specific theater thing I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Um, Chad asks Troy something about, like, how are we supposed to concentrate while you're off in leotard singing Twinkletown? Mm. How many leotards does one need to wear to be an actor? You know, that actually, it, it's, it varies by your specialty. <laughs> I, I have worn many a leotard in my time, but, you know, I would say somebody like Andy Latai perhaps has, has definitely worn far fewer leotards. So I would say the, it averages out to about three, comfortable rule of three. But it's but it's one at a time, right? Uh, y- yes, unless there are severely extenuating circumstances, such as you are Beyonce. Mm. <laughs> mm. But as Troy one. might be Beyonce, it's you never know. There's only one Beyonce. She oh no! Is the Bajency gonna come get me? Uh, paging the Beehive. Any any thoughts <laughs> on this? Oh no! Cancel me! Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, All right. Are we ready now? Yes. I think we're ready. All right, brace yourselves, folks, for the Disney Channel original movie of the week. This week, I am presenting a title of a Disney Channel original movie, and it will be the responsibility of Tyler and Nalani to come up with the plot of it, and then we will decide which one sounds more interesting after I explain (laughs) the actual plot. (laughs) Which one of us wins and which one of us is dead? (laughs) Alrighty, so today you two will be discussing or coming up with the plot for the 1999 film Horse Sense. So horse like the farm animal and sense like the feeling. And That was going to be a question. I I was going to ask. It is directed by Greg Beeman, who I think the name we've seen before on, on this here program, and stars Joey Lawrence. And Andrew Lawrence. Joey Lawrence sounds familiar, but I'm totally yeah blanking. Because Joey Lawrence, do you remember that show that mom used to watch Melissa and Joey with Melissa Joan Hart? Oh, I think you mean Melissa and Joey. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> I, I am. I'm incorrect there. Yes, correct. Melissa and Joey. <laughs> oh, New Hampshire. <laughs> uh, he's also um, a singer songwriter. So. All right, so we've clearly got brothers here, Nolani. I agree. Which is a little confusing, because when I hear horse sense, I think it's a horse girl movie. I, this is challenging assumptions right away. I was completely with you on that. <laughs> I knew that um, was going to throw you. So, I, so my, my mind immediately goes to... Well, it can kind of go one of two ways. So my mind immediately goes to a horse that is psychic. But then that could <laughs> also go to a horse that does... Um, like BBC Sherlock Holmes style deductions, <laughs> kind of like, or even the marriage of those two would be like psych. Uh, like this is a Sean Spencer type horse 
that that masquerades as being psychic through the, the power of its deductions, uh, its sense, if you its its horse sense. I like I like that direction. I was going to point out that it's probably the one of the male children who is who has a horse sense and can, can read the mind of the horse, uh-huh. not the horse who can read their minds. Mm-hmm. But I like I like your direction where the horse is psychic, and I like the psych direction where it's the boys who are detectives and they have to use the horses. They have to use the horse's psychic abilities, but they don't tell anyone that it's the horse's <laughs> abilities. They're pretending that it's them. And so there's like this elaborate masquerade where they're trying to, you know, pretend that they're just, and I'm sure that that's, you know, kind of where you get your 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 big crisis is that they're somehow separated from the horse and they're unable to, to perform without <laughs> the presence of the horse as it is the mastermind. I'm just imagining them uh, trying to bring a horse onto a crime scene. <laughs> Uh, There's a horse loose in the crime scene. Yeah, Nolani, I think that's the direction. And of course, and of course, you're right. There has to be, you know, an evil oil baron who wants to kidnap the horse Mm, mm -hmm. and use him to search for oil. Or to to, to win the derby. This is kind of like Gordy, uh, 1995, where they want, I forget why the villain wants the pig, but they got to want the special animal. Oh yeah. Oh, maybe yeah. the uh, the mom is either dead or they're divorcing, and the dad's like really sad all the time. <laughs> and the dad, maybe the dad wants to sell the horse because he can't afford the horse anymore, and because he doesn't care anymore, and because he's just so sad that his wife is dead and or has left him. <laughs> so it's like it's like unforgiven. <laughs> <laughs> And the boys are like, no, pa, no, pa, eh, 1999, dad. <laughs> well, we don't know if it was, it took place in the modern, like, day in 1999. Vi- it could have t- taken place. Victorian. <laughs> True. The, the horse is wearing a deer stalker. <laughs> <laughs> no, the deer stalker, that's a different movie. <laughs> that's the gritty spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got our two boys. Um, they live with their widower dad. Mm-hmm. Are they twins? Um, is one older protecting the younger one? I don't know. That's a factual thing that I, d- I think is neither here nor there. Word. Do you want the answer to that or no? No. Okay. All right. <laughs> Save it, Contra. Got it. We're, we're on a roll here. The horse um, <laughs> is psychic. The horse is psychic. And the dad wants to sell the horse. But then um, the, one of the boys loses his his... Um, MacGuffin, and <laughs> the horse helps them find it, and they're like, "Hmm, this horse knows things that it shouldn't know." And then, like, one or two more like random things happen, and they're like, "This horse is onto something." And so they start using the horse to solve mysteries. They set up a little detective in their little agency. town, and that's getting them a little bit of money, but they're still barely scraping by, and the dad's still in a big bind. And then eventually, the evil bald man comes in, <laughs> and is like, "I'll buy this horse for you." From $5,000, $10,000, any amount of money. And the dad's like, boys, please. And they're like, no, dad, this horse is special. And then, of course, the evil bald man steals the horse anyway. And it has to There's try to escape. There's probably a love interest somewhere. We haven't talked about that. Oh, maybe the 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 dad learns to love again with the the woman who ends up taking helping take care of the horse. It's like a step-parent situation. Okay. You know, I'm realizing, though, that we're kind of writing a horror movie here. Like, 
a psychic horse that this horse knows things <laughs> that it's not supposed to know. That's very scary to me. <laughs> well, it's the sixth horse sense. That's what this movie was, right? <laughs> this was a Shyamalan. Kind of, you said Shyamalan directed this one, right? No. <laughs> was that also 1999? It might have been. Yes, I guess the fact that I'm picturing a lot of flannel regardless. Oh, yeah. So much flannel. A lot of flannel. It's too bad. Too bad we have male leads. Yeah. I mean, they can, they're allowed to wear flannel too, I guess. <laughs> and it's a big chase to get the horse. The horse uses its smart abilities to help escape at the, at the exact moment. Evil bald guy gets a pie in the face or falls in a vat of jello or whatever. <laughs> He's stomped to death by hooves. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait, no, wait, no, it has to be jello, right? Because isn't what's made out of horse jello. bones or something? Glue or glue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's that. He gets covered in glue and stuck to a wall in the center of town, and everybody comes and laughs and jeers at him. <laughs> Yay. And he gets his comeuppance. Yay. I'm clapping. <laughs> that sounds like a pretty so, bad Nolan, movie. Is that, is that good? Is that a movie? That's a, that's a, that's a good bad movie. I'm very curious. <laughs> All right. Well, I like your attempt. You're much more creative than the um, than the title, Tyler. See the problem with this. The problem with this segment is that no matter, like, we always get it wrong. So there, it's it's all, there's always tension as if someone's going to be like, "You were right," because it's always going to be you were wrong. <laughs> well, no, it's how wrong were you? That's really what the fun part is. Because we've gotten it's points. like that meme of it's like that meme of Jonathan Franks going like, "Nope, not this time. Nope, you got it wrong. Nope." All right. You guys know what I'm talking about? No, no. <laughs> Darn. And so I looked it up too. Um, Greg Beeman did um, "Ring of Endless Light." Oh. Which was the movie we talked about with Geo. Geo. Yeah. So, Horse Sense. Joey Lawrence is older than Andrew Lawrence um, by several years. Oh, man. So, he, uh, Joey Lawrence plays Michael, who is a lazy, preppy 20 year old, interestingly. Oh. Living off of his parents' wealth, has a very snooty, rich girlfriend that he devotes a lot of his time and energy to, mm. and his family does not like her. So <laughs> he discovers that his cousin that he has not seen in many, many years will be coming to visit him from Montana. He lives in L.A., and while he's in California with his older cousin, they do absolutely nothing together because Michael, the the older Joey Lawrence's character, um, is more doting on his girlfriend and is just completely ignoring his younger cousin. On the last day, Michael gets pressure from their housekeeper to do something with his younger cousin before he leaves. So he's like, okay, fine, we'll go to Disneyland. But on the way, he gets a call from his girlfriend, like, come meet my dad. So he's like, bye, young cousin. I'm going to drop you off at this kitty play park and like go and Contra, i'm gonna stop you right there yep uh, where's the horse we're getting there i'm very disappointed <laughs> this sounds this sounds oddly like some something i've we've done before or maybe i've read something similar to this so it kind of sounds like starstruck is is the cousin maybe? a horse no so <laughs> i'm <laughs> give All me right, a sec i gotta finish the build up so 
Michael is off gallivanting with his girlfriend. He gets in a car crash on the way back <gasps> because he's realized it's so late. And he gets in a lot of trouble for both abandoning his cousin at this kitty park. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he dies and <laughs> his soul enters a horse. <laughs> And for lying about how he got into a car accident. So his parents are furious at him. And he's like, you know what? For all of this, you have to grow up. Go to Montana to your cousin's horse farm or your ranch, whatever, and grow up for a month, basically. And Tommy completely gets back at him for being so awful to him while he was in LA and makes every task he's trying to do so much harder and the work hands are giving him a lot of crap for being this like snooty rich boy and he's like pretty down he's like wants everyone to leave him alone he's like I just want to get through this month and like shut up stop bothering me I'll just get through this whatever and it turns out that he discovers through kind of listening in on conversations that the his his uncle has recently passed from he was terminally ill so his young cousin is living trying to grow up without a father the family farm is about to be taken away because of bankruptcy and how do you not, not know way. your uncle died they haven't seen each other for a very long time <laughs> but and they sent the kid to LA I, yeah. Jeez. I don't know. Continue. I'm just reading off a synopsis. I don't know. <laughs> I've never seen it either. And all of a sudden, Michael starts to realize how awful he was. And he's like, why didn't you ask my family for help? We're, we have a lot of money and stuff. And <laughs> starts. And when he goes back after his month, he's like, okay, I have to like start making amends. So he... There's he goes to the like horse racetrack where he had met his old girl his girlfriend and like helps calm down a scared horse because he learned how to do that at the ranch and then he confronts his father about not giving money to his his family for their house their house and their farm foreclosure and Michael starts like he sells his fancy car he learns about um land trusts which is something i also studied a bit but it's really like it basically it's convincing that the land is important enough that it should not be um sold or divided so he brings this up at the real estate auction basically and negotiates with the bank to not break up his family's like his cousin's land and saves the farm and just like helps him work on the farm after and they they end by bu- finishing the treehouse that the younger boy's father couldn't help him finish so they they connect and yeah hold, hold on i want to respond to this but first i just need to say when you said land trust i couldn't help but think of a uh, in blazing saddles when they look up in the legal dictionary so <laughs> I, i'm imagining him like hold on land trust and he flips the dictionary open to land and it goes land trust see trust and then he flips over <laughs> to trust <laughs> all right I well that's our horse sense. I like your movie better <laughs> i like our movie better too yeah that sounded similar to a couple movies that we've kind of done already of like what was it starstruck where like they go to la and there's like stuff and then they go back yeah and then we did another like Horse moot, like another like farm movie. What was it? Um, oh, um, cowbell. Allie and AJ. Allie and AJ. Yep. Yeah. 
cowbells. That's a yeah. great movie. Where it's like basically the same lesson. They like learn hard work on a farm. Yeah. They're, they're like they're a spoiled tra- rich kid learns. Yeah. I mean, Disney Channel's trying to appeal to that uh, Midwestern audience, Ty. <laughs> I'm sure this one has like has a good message in it. Like it sounds like fine, but it also sounds pretty boring. Like a lot of the older DCOMs are kind of just like straight dramas. Yeah. That like aren't very appealing to eight-year-olds like maybe if it was based on a book like an old-fashioned kids book that like where's where like just a kind of a bunch of things happen and then it's over <laughs> but you know there wasn't there was barely a horse in it yeah hang on i well, want to on can, a horse can, ranch and he's learning how to like a lot of his chores are around horses can i guess what the cover of this movie looks like yeah okay i so there's it's the the two boys are standing back to back and the older spoiled cousin is like wearing like LA clothes and he has like longish hair that's like quaffed and he's doing the like DreamWorks face. And then the younger cousin is like wearing cow clothes and like grinning wholesomely and like superimposed above there's like a semi-transparent horse and like the the smiling dead yeah, the smiling faces of the 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 parents are above and then there's like the LA skyline down at the bottom. Uh, and did I say that they were standing back to back with their arms crossed? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's yeah. what I'm picturing. Um, no, but close. Damn. So they are face to face. It's a, it's a very close up. Like you can't even really see their shoulders. The rich guy does have a cowboy hat on, but it's black and it matches his leather coat. And then the young cousin is in a denim collared shirt and like a traditional kind of felt cowboy hat. The younger cousin has this piece of straw sticking out of his mouth and the rich boy has his cell phone antenna sticking out of his mouth and you can see the cell phone in his hand. And it, I was going to say, is there like a cigarette? Like what? It almost looks like a Nokia, but I don't think it is. And it actually has a sequel called Jumping Ship. Whoa. Which Whoa. I will not. I have not looked into what that one's about because that could potentially be a future decom of the week. So I'm not going to open it. So like, is it like Speed Two Cruise Control, where all of a sudden it's on a boat I now? Don't know. <laughs> no, he learns how to how to tame boats. <laughs> Whoa there, Bodie! <laughs> Bodie McBoatface. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. All right, we should probably wrap things up. I just looked up the the poster. I don't like that at all it looks like yeah. Brokeback mountain but with horse sense <laughs> written on top of it <laughs> i mean and that makes it bad to you what <laughs> <laughs> so I, I yeah i think condra you said our movie sounded better yeah. is that is yeah. can we all agree on that yeah. strong agree yeah okay uh nolani thank you so much for joining thank us thank you guys so much for having me it, this has been absolutely delightful i really enjoyed being here yeah, I've enjoyed, you know, chatting with you because it's been a while, but also having you on the podcast, I felt this is good content. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, pleasure meeting you too, Condra. <laughs> yeah, and so nice to meet you. And if you want to come back for HSM too. Uh, don't tempt me. I have a lot of feelings about that <laughs> golf resort. <laughs> yes. okay so we need to do our signing off thing so nolani where can people find you on the interwebs well if you'd like to find me on the interwebs you can check me out at twitter at thermal detonator as in star wars but with an eight i'm just gonna spell that t-h-e-r-m-a-l and then d-e-t-o-n numeral eight r i'm edgy (laughs) um check me out on twitter (laughs) 
Uh, check out my podcast, Ship of Fools. We're a nautical D&D podcast. Uh, love to have you there. Let's just say, if nautical nonsense be something you wish. And it is something that I do. Drop drop on, <laughs> drop a follow and flop like a fish. All right. <laughs> um, people, Contra, what about us? People can find us on the Twitter at Amateur Nerds. Or me personally, at Tyler Booty, T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y. And if you want to follow Andy Latai on Twitter, go just follow him at A.A. Latai. Yeah, what? if you want to follow A.A. Latai uh, on Twitter, that, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Andy's not even here this week. <laughs> yeah, but Andy's always in our hearts. And on Twitter, at A.A. Latai. <laughs> <laughs> It's my favorite bit from Chip and Fool's podcast. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Okay, I just... Okay. It shouldn't um, be. Is that why he did it on ours, too? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, that's why... It's a joke to say Andy's Twitter handle. Oh. Uh, joke is a strong to our word. Artist, <laughs> special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden, at T Golden Art on Instagram. And in case you didn't know, our music was composed by Joe Winslow, whom you can find at joewinslowmusic.com. If you want any saxophone lessons, holler his way. Or a cool clock with mushrooms on it. Oh, that's Theo's that's Theo's way, yeah. stuff, yeah. I've been Condra. I've been Tyler. And I may or may not have been Noelani. And if you want to know the answer to that mystery, Noelani won't be here next time, but me and Condra <laughs> will be to talk about more high school musical fun. You can bet on it. 